I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. And um, this is a great segue. Doesn't <laughs> it's a great segue to... from saying hello to, and here, here we go. <laughs> oh, you moved. Go back. Otis, I was going to show you, looks like a crocodile. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, because sometimes when he lays upside down like this, his mouth is so big. Who has a big mouth? big mouth that he looks like a crocodile or an alligator whatever whatever it is i'm 31 and i don't know the difference and i don't know if i care to know the difference um is it one salt water one fresh water maybe or like they live in different parts of the world maybe for the same reason perhaps well which one would be living in a castle that's the question <laughs> i really don't know it wasn't that like a thing like you build a moat and you'd fill it with crocodiles or alligators I don't, either one, I don't know which one lives in salt water or fresh water, but we sometimes call Otis our little alligator or a little crocodile when he lays like that. And there was an alligator or a crocodile in, in The Great. Yes, we, today we were talking about season two, The Great, which by the way, we have talked, we talked about season one so, so long ago. We were both living in different places, right? We were, we were. Actually, oh, I was. I don't know about you. Maybe yes. you had just moved in. Um, no, I was still in my old apartment. Maybe I wasn't. I really don't know. It's too hard for me. <laughs> I don't know. My memory doesn't go that far back. Well, it it came out a long time ago, and we were excited to do it because it was nominated for the Emmys again. It was probably a year ago. Oh, at least. Yeah, at least a year ago. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about the season. Uh, Christina, how long did it take you to watch this? Um, I started it, ooh, when did Dave get home? Saturday. I watched like three quarters, maybe uh, three quarters of an episode. And then I watched the rest of it this week, and I finished it last night. Did you and Dave watch it together? No, I gave up. <laughs> I don't blame you. That happens to me and Nicholas, too, where, like, I'll start watching it with him. I'm like, I gotta go fast, so you either have to sit and watch it with me, or you're done. Ship up or ship out. <laughs> Which is, I need to start watching What We Do in the Shadows season four with him now so we can be prepared for next week or next month. I was like, wait a minute, that's not next week. No, it's next month. No, courtesy of Danielle, next week we'll be talking about Hocus Pocus 2. Two. I'm very, it comes out today. It comes out today. No, I thought it was tomorrow. No, it's November uh, 30th. November. It's also known as September 30th. Oh my god. It's like I always confuse April and February. I don't know. I don't know where the connection is in my brain. You say February? February? 
Yeah, you like combine April and February. <laughs> April? April Larry? <laughs> I don't know. Well, like October, November, September, December, obviously not in that order. Right? Monday, so, Tuesday, Thursday. They all sound the same. They sound the same. Obviously not in that order, right? Because that's not how they happen. No, that is not how they happen. It is. Well, it in is. Ember. Ember. Yeah, the Embers. <laughs> that is a great name for a folk band. <laughs> the Embers? The Embers. I like it. Yeah. Oh, another thing, right? Yes. Because the, um, I mean, obviously we'll get to the ending, but did you notice that they played the Decemberists, I'm Stuck With You? Yes. All right. I'm and sticking now, with you. Do, you. do you remember the other very famous movie where that song is played? Yes, it's called Juno. It's a very yes. famous movie. Because I immediately Googled it, like right out. I was yeah. like, I know this song. Yeah. Wasn't this in Juno? And then Google verified it for me. The Juno soundtrack is supreme. Like that, I remember being young and being like, this is an amazing, amazing soundtrack. Fantastic. I agree. agree. And honestly, I wish that I didn't have to like rush through this. Yeah. Because the music at the end was was really, really good. What was the other song that they played? Um... I'm think now I'm just thinking of the Juno Sad track and I want to say it's all the young dudes, but it's not. But it's something of that same sound. I can't think of it. Oh, it's gonna bother me. It'll come to me, but there were a couple that were really more than a couple that were like really, really, really good and on par with the epi- how the episode ended. Yeah. But anyway. I'm excited maybe, to get into this. So Maybe we should just do that. Yeah, so let's let's jump right in, shall we? Um all right, so- we're doing the great. It's on Hulu. It's TVMA for many of the same reasons. The like extreme cursing, but also the nudity. Yeah, <laughs> the the nudity. The nudity. We see one butt and many a boob. <laughs> Isn't that how it just goes these days? I think days. I saw one butt and six boobs. <laughs> Six? Six? Well, Someone had one boob? Of them. The two girls that he oh. slept with in one night, and then um, Elle Fanning, which I was kind of shocked. Yeah, yeah. You Usually just... they don't do it for, like, the main characters. Yeah. Um, Was that when she was pregnant or no? No, it's when they're having sex after. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. After the walnut. Well, after the walnut, yeah. She's, like, back to, like, her normal size at this point. And, um, starts to, like, actually fall for him. Yes. Yes. All right. So, let's get into our nominations, starting with the Golden Globes. Uh, At the 2022 Golden Globes, this was nominated for Best Musical Comedy Series. Elle Fanning was nominated for Best TV Actress in a Musical or Comedy. And then Nicholas Holt, my guy, was nominated for Best TV Actor in a Musical or Comedy Series. Then getting into the Emmys, uh, this won Outstanding Period Costumes, which I believe that one. That was a very good one. Um, (laughs) 
Nicholas Holt was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Elle Fanning was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. This was nominated for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series. Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series. Oh, nope. Writing and Comedy was for 2020. So, just focus on those top ones. Thank you. You're welcome. Those top ones that I said, the first ones that I said, also known. After Catherine's plan unfortunately works by claiming the throne but losing Leo, it now becomes a battle of not being overthrown, reigning while pregnant, not falling in love with Peter, not going to war, then kind of going to war when necessary, now killing the sul- not killing the sultan, now killing the sultan, and deciding how her and Peter can successfully coexist. There we go. There we go. So let's get into our characters. Our main character is Catherine, the almost great, working on it, the work in progress great, uh, played by Elf. Good. <laughs> played by Elle Fanning. She has convinced Peter to abdicate the throne, just getting her footing, uh, and she's just getting her footing ruling Russia. Uh, it is much more difficult than she thought. Her husband is Peter, played by Nicholas Holtz. Uh, he has a huge change of heart this season. He realizes he loves Catherine and experiences true love when he uh, meets his son, Paul. Top advisors are still the same. I literally copied and pasted my uh, character list from last time because oh, good. no one's really changed. We just killed Leo. Um, top advisors are Orlo, played by Sasha Dewan. Uh, a former shy and unconfident man, he really gets a taste for blood this season and is not afraid. Say, he's probably the only one that's, like, completely changed from this season. Yeah. Yeah, he is completely different. He's not afraid to go after what he wants or kind of steal what he wants. We have Velimentov, played by Douglas Hodge. Uh, there has been very little change with Velimentov. He is basically exactly the same. Um, he just has a little bit more confidence and he really shows his need for war to Catherine, who is trying to avoid it. Uh, we have Archbishop Archie, played by Adam Gobley. Uh, he goes through the ringer this season, where he is trying to, f- he finds himself farther away from God, uh, but putting a lot of belief in Catherine. We have a, they were at odds last season, but this season they're really coming together. We have Muriel, played by Phoebe Fox. Now that Catherine is Empress, she is back to no- being nobility. But she is, and she is enjoying it, but she's also kind of not taking for granted the experiences she had as a serf. Uh, she also rekindles a flame with her ex-lover Grigor, played by Gilwin Willem, Willem Lee. I, if you go back to our last episode, I probably struggled with his name as well. Still haven't learned it. Um, Willem, uh, not Willem, Gregor is married to uh, Georgiana, played by Charity Wakefield. Georgina. I probably did the same thing. Georgina. I I have Pride and Prejudice on the brain. That's Georgiana. Georgina, played by Charity Wakefield, who goes away to France and then comes back. And one of the reasons why she does that, do you know why she does that? Why she goes to France? Yeah. Well, she went to France because she didn't want to, first of all, she didn't want to be bothered to be treated like a peasant. Um, and then she also decides to go to France to see, like, what the what the hubbub is well do you know why they wrote in georgina leaving oh uh other than those reasons yeah because the actress was pregnant so she had a baby in the middle of this season oh yeah if you go back and watch it 
Like, I love, I don't love doing this, but I'm very good at doing this. You can always tell when certain actresses are pregnant, and there's always, like, a way that they have to, like, dress them, and then also, like, shoot them so that you don't shoot, like, below their chest, basically. So, she had a baby oh. in the middle of filming this. Wow. Yeah. So, that's why she's out, and then we got this uh, Muriel Gregor romance happening. Then there's Aunt Elizabeth, played by Belinda Brom- Bromillo. Uh, Aunt Elizabeth is very much still a wild card, but she and Catherine grow a huge bond this season, season and is particularly dedicated to Catherine. Uh, we are introduced to Catherine's mother, play, uh, Joanna, played by Jillian Anderson. She's extremely judgmental and, pro at mar- and a pro at marrying her daughter off to Kings. Um, then we get, I just had to throw this in here, we see Peter the Great in, like, a vision that Peter has, Mm -hmm. and it's played by Jason Isaacs, who is Lucius Malfoy from, uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, I thought I recognized him. I knew that guy. I knew him. I know that guy. Sorry, well, I needed to adjust because... Otis was getting closer and closer to me, and I'm, like, just trying not to sit on him. Yeah. Sorry. No. I was listening to all of the characters. No, you're I, fine. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, did you notice the one vet we had on this? Ooh. Uh, probably not. I did not pull her name because it was really dug in the IMDb listing and I didn't have time last night. But uh, one of the girls that uh, Catherine was educating... And she, like, speaks her mind about how Catherine, you know, hasn't really been doing much, but she's been, like, teaching them all this. And mm-hmm. she decides to free the serfs shortly afterwards. That girl is the um, niece to uh, What's-Her-Face in Ted Lasso, the boss. You remember the big boss that's obsessed with Sam and then she winds up sleeping with Sam? Yes. Yeah, same girl. Oh, yes. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you may know what I'm talking about. No one else knows what we're talking about. We're just babbling here. No one else is doing the shows that we're doing (laughs) in the order that we're doing them. We hope. We hope. But anyway, there's a... That'd be crazy. There's an actress from Ted Lasso who uh, is in this as well. Okay, so it's still me. Like, I haven't done how many of these... Let's go over our climax. There's still a lot of tension after Catherine takes the throne. That's an understatement. Um, And promises not to kill Peter. Peter also gets himself into a lot of trouble by fucking his mother-in-law. And while doing so, accidentally pushes her out a window and killing her. Literally the most Peter thing I've ever heard. And the most this show thing I've ever heard. And the best part is he wasn't even trying to do it. No. He was just like, all right, I can't, I've tried to put it off for so long because this woman was coming on to him and he was trying not to. And then he's like, ah, screw it. So literally, um, after Paul is born, Catherine and Peter seem to be doing very, very well and are very much in love. Uh, Gregor let it slip to Mariel, uh, who tells Catherine and she knows she has to kill him, but does not want to. Oh, and she also kills the Sultan in the middle of all of this. You know, the head of the Ottoman Empire. Huzzah. 
she comes back from the war lines and attends Mariel's wedding, who Mariel is marrying her eight-year-old cousin, because why not on the show? Peter and Catherine share speeches at, at the wedding, and what you think will be bloodshed ends with the two voicing their concerns and Catherine kissing Peter and telling him she'll put the baby to bed and she'll see him later. So... After she leaves, the guards come in and arrest certain people who participated in the wedding. Catherine storms into Peter's apartment um, and stabs him multiple times and cries over his dead body. In Peter fashion, he actually walks out from a wall, um, somehow escapes the grasp of the guards at the wedding, which I'm not sure how that happened. Um, but then we see it's a lookalike that has actually been attacked and walks away wounded while Catherine and Peter embrace each other, realizing they're kind of stuck together. Yep. Also, so a big point of the ending that I want to go over that's still stuck in my mind is that the um, the double gets up and walks away. So she yeah, stabbed I him. But here's the thing. She once said to Peter that she's afraid that he knows her better than she knows himself. So when she left the wedding, she went and she kissed him. And Peter knew that. And she said, I'll see you in our apartments. And she knew Peter knew that he was she was going to kill him. So it seems like Peter probably put something in his in the, that guy's jacket and purposely put him there to see if Catherine would kill him because he predicted that she would. So when, you know, she's crying over his body and then she hugs him that he didn't die, like, Peter knew that he was, that that was going to happen. Yeah, that's true, because she did say, I'll see you in our apartment, so maybe that is how he knew to kind of like leave yeah yeah i think that okay i'll hold my opinions but i definitely think that he knew and he planned that whole scenario where she accidentally stabs the double but also the double gets to get up and walk away because the double if it was just any other day the double would not be able to just get up and walk away but he definitely like put something in his jacket so that he couldn't die yeah i mean you can't even say that she doesn't know how to use a knife because we just watched her kill a man with a knife exactly so, yeah, I, I think that either if he didn't escape, the um, the guards would have just brought him back anyway. Like, if he stayed in dance at the wedding, they just would have brought him back anyway. But his stunt double just lives there, or the yeah. lookalike, whatever the hell they call them. Yeah. Who is actually played by Nicholas Holt, which is fantastic. All of them? Or just that just one? Just that one. Like, oh. that is Nicholas Holt. They just, like, curled his hair gave him prosthetics, new teeth, and then he kind of speaks in a different accent. <laughs> All right, do you want to transition into uh, our sure. later segments? What is what is what are the IMDb ratings? I and only the... have IMDb. So okay. it's an 8.2 overall, okay. and the highest episode was Wedding, which is the finale, which was an 8.9. Okay. So, the critics on Rotten Tomatoes for season two gave this 100%. The audience gave it an 87%. Christina, you gotta stop yawning, my friend. I know. (laughs) Why are you so tired? I don't know. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm here. Um, What kind of review did you have? Because I have, like, 
I have one that's just about the show, mm-hmm. and then I have like one that might be closer to season two. Um, I have a middle of the road review. Do you want me to? That's sure. Just it's just about season two. Okay, this is three out of five stars. Though it had some of the fun, surprising elements that season one of The Great displayed, season two of The Great had some important disappointments. The hope for Catherine's successful rule slowly diminished as she continued to make poor uh, decisions and mistakes in her leading. The opportunity for different character story, ca- characters' storylines, such as Muriel, Muriel's, was presented yet not fully achieved. Though Peter initially showed some good character development, Catherine instead became worse of a character over time with erratic and poor decisions, terrible leadership, and petulant behavior. Thus, the hope for what sh- for what she and the show could become began to diminish after each episode that this behavior continued and the missteps and missed opportunities in the plot continued to be made. So, not the best of reviews, but I have some I have some thoughts and feelings that if you'd like me to get into. You know what? I'll get into them now. I think it's important to show that Catherine is kind of really really bad at being a leader. You're not born great and produced produce greatness overnight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she is in the she's just leading now and she's fully fully pregnant while doing it too. Like you see her eating dirt throughout the series. I mean, she's obviously experiencing some sort of pregnancy brain, right, which can easily like lead to some of the situations where you're thinking oh maybe she's just acting in spite well no her body's going through like a crazy thing here yeah and i found myself saying like why the hell would you do that and i was like back up christina she's pregnant who knows why anybody does anything when their hormones are like all over the place yeah yeah so i i think that it's kind of important to show that she is so bad at it because that's what, if she just got into it and she just started ruling right away, like, that would be so unrealistic. Like, she grew up in nubility, nubility also known as nobility. She grew up in the high, high class, you can tell by her mother. But she never had the opportunity to really learn the ropes the way that Peter did. And Peter had this whole conversation about how he was born into it, but he never really wanted it. And that's why even towards the end, like, he didn't want to kill Catherine and he didn't want to, he wanted to take it back, but those uh, plans always got derailed because I don't think he really does want it. Yeah, I believe him. Like, that seems to be like a legitimate thing. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I think that that's why they had to show her like that. I mean, over time, she'll get better. I can only imagine so. But, I, and I also think it's a very big opportunity for Catherine and Peter to learn to coexist and I think that I don't know how the fallout is going to be in the next season which I hope there's a next season about like her potentially trying to kill him is he going to be mad about it or is he going to you know appreciate that after she did it she learned her lesson so it's not going to happen again yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually if somebody tries to kill you once... Legitimately stab you in the back. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah. All right, hit me with your review. 
Okay, so the, the one review I had, um, I'm not really going to read a whole lot into because I read it again this morning and I was like, I don't know, this kind of lame. But it, it talks basically about um, all the cursing that they do and how they kind of, the cursing doesn't match that of the time period. And I thought that was an interesting point. Um, but I don't know if I like it better now because it's kind of like how history is relatable today with the whole like, the way we curse kind of thing and it kind of brings it its charm but so anyway this review terrible structure terrible execution it's a two out of ten it's low okay falls victim to one of storytelling's biggest enemies it tries too hard it tries too hard to be funny it tries too hard to be tragic it tries too hard because it tries too hard hey do you think this person thinks that this show tries too hard i believe so all right the story comes off as fake and plastic. The runtime is also a disaster. Who wants to watch this type of show for 50 minutes? Jesus Christ. No good, sir. Each episode was like 55 minutes or more. Yeah. The characters are made to act so comically it's ridiculous. The sharp banter, sharp jibes, sharp comments are cute at first, but they get old pretty quick and the writers overuse it. I really don't understand who the target audience for this is. It's childish and immature, but then again, it's ridiculously overambitious. It presents itself as a comedy and then tries to address serious issues. They already get you in, they already get you to not care. And then suddenly you're supposed to be sympathetic to some cause terrible formula could never work. It's in Russia at least give the characters an accent or something. There's a lot of lot of complaints. Yeah, this person doesn't really know how to like formulate full thoughts, I think. Yeah, is, but, this, is this person Martin Luther like hammering the issues with the church to the wall? Like It's Angelor was So, oh, so it's not Martin Luther back from the dead? No, actually. <laughs> Surprise it's not. Um, so I will say that, like, I don't remember the show being this long. And we, we yeah. definitely had a conversation about it. We posted it on Instagram. I just don't remember it being this long. Yeah, I will say that my only low is that this seems really long. It definitely could have been cut down. Because some of the I, episodes were, like, an hour. Like, an hour, like, over an hour. I feel like... I feel like if it's going to be a comedy, it shouldn't be that long. They should be between 30 and 45 minutes. And if it's a drama, it should be like 45 to an hour 15. Yeah. Because that's the world we live in now where we don't do anything for less. Um, But I will say for the sake of awards, I don't, I don't know if this was like the, probably wasn't the goal, but. To declare something as a comedy and a drama, I feel like one of those genres has to stand out just a little bit more for the sake of when it comes to award season, like, you you can't be in both categories. Yeah. Like, that's not, I don't think that's going to be a thing anytime soon anyway. No. So. If they divide it up to be comedy and drama and then a comedy drama or a dramedy, absolutely not. No, I'm just saying, like, if The Great was nominated for the best comedy and the best drama. Yeah, I don't think that that would happen. I couldn't see that happening. That would be so... Th- th- there's so much to argue there. Well, what was the what was the movie we did it? Parasite. Where it was nominated for best foreign film and then best film. Right? That's, so, dif- that's that, different. 
Right, but it kind of broke some walls down. That wasn't always the case. Um, I don't think that necessarily was the case. I mean, just because it's not coming from the U.S., that's how it can categorize as being a foreign film. But because it's so, like, it doesn't matter that, it doesn't need to come for the U- from the U.S. to be in the best film category. No, I know, but has that ever happened before? Drive My Car. I'm sure oh, it's happened it before. Did it win? Did it win? No, it didn't win. But I'm sure it's happened before, but I just don't, I can't give you an example right now. Well, I remember everybody kind of being, like, shocked that it won Best Foreign Film and it won Best Picture. And I'm not saying anything about it being good, bad, or indifferent. But you could potentially, I I just remember everybody kind of being shocked about it. And you could potentially, I guess you could potentially have, and and I think if this happens, then new categories have to be created. Because if you have something that's equally as hysterical as it is dramatic, and the writing displays both, does it go in both categories? Because there was a lot of drama in season two. Yeah. Like, way more than comedy. To the point where comedy took a backseat and it was more like... I mean, it was still witty banter that I loved. But yeah. it almost seemed more like comic relief than a comedy. I personally don't see that ever happening. Um, but if it did, you know, mark it right here. Christina said it, uh, and you can tell me I told you so. Okay. I just think of like when Taylor Swift went from country that, that, that. Oh my gosh. Why would you bring up, where, why would you bring up Taylor Swift I know, right now? Because I, we want to finish in a reasonable time. Yeah. You're, I, don't, don't poke but, the bear, Christina. But I'm just saying it was like right around that red album when she was still like considered country, she would go to the country music awards and she was like, kind of like really like pop at that point, you know, it was like, it was kind of like. It was a little bit of everything. So if we want to... If we get shows that are a little bit of everything, then we have to reinvent the wheel. So in the Grammys, there are definitely, like, many genres you can get nominated in. And, you know, Taylor, for her last album, she got nominated in, I think, for... Oh, my God. Um... I've been listening to it. Not Evermore, but Folklore. I think that got nominated as an indie album, actually. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I think it's different. You know, music. You can't compare music and TV. They're two different things. There's definitely more categories in music, but yeah, I have nothing else to compare it to, and it's happening. It's happening in a very similar way. There's just less categories, so maybe we need more. I don't know. I think that it would make the show so much more convoluted because you know. In the Grammys, you don't get nominated for best costumes. You don't get nominated for best directing. There's, you don't, well, I guess producing, yeah. Um, You don't get nominated for, you know, sound and such. There's so much more that goes into it. So I think that it would just. Grammys don't get nominated for sound? Um, maybe you do. I don't, now I'm just talking myself out of my point. The point is, it would just... I want to look at the requirements, at least, for the Emmys in those categories. Because it used to be... um, I remember being taught this in school, that if somebody dies, it's no longer a comedy. It's tragedy. I mean, that's in literature. Yeah, but those were plays that we read. 
right? Yeah. So they weren't just books, they were, like, productions. Yeah, no, but I feel like, you know, we're in 2022. There, The rules are there are no rules. Yeah, but that's a problem. Oh, <laughs> my God. No, it's not. That's such a fucking problem. We don't know what anything is anymore. Uh, How am I supposed to figure this out? It says comedy and drama. I can't even figure it out anymore. And if you were to ask me, comedy, comedy one, season one was much more of a comedy, and season two, comedy satire, and season two is definitely more of a drama with some with with satire but i don't even think that comedy could be part of the category really i think that this was still very much a comedy i thought it was very funny but it the way it was timed it almost just seemed like it was more of like comic relief Mm, no i don't i don't i don't think that at all i think that it's still very much a comedy i definitely got much more of like satire vibes than like an outright comedy okay so but there was also a lot of crying was this a bad thing did this like was this a low for you that you can't categorize it i mean i just think that the it almost seems that like the genre has switched from season one to season two and i'm not sure if that's a good thing um i feel like they had to cover a lot more and they really had to show the weight of you know what Catherine is dealing with being empress and i think they did still you know make it funny yeah no i i i i I agree that it's funny. I did really like it. I thought the acting was still brilliant. Oh, my God. Um, Elle Fanning kind of deserved that award. She was so, so good. And I, But I particularly liked the character arcs between Peter and Elizabeth this season. Yeah. But it just, it, it's just, um, I don't know. It just felt like it was almost like a, like we're, mo- we're, we're dipping our toe into a different genre. And I wonder where season three will take us. And I don't really know if we've seen a show that's kind of, I don't think I've seen a show that's kind of gone from one genre back into another. Well, I mean, we'll just have to see where the show goes, realistically. But I do want to bring up a point that you brought up, which I agree with you. I, you know, Elizabeth was very much a wild card, but this season you saw, like, a very human side to her, which is probably where you get, like, more of the dramatic feelings for it. Uh, That being said, like, Peter lets it slip that his mother drowned her child, and um, that whole scene where she steals Paul and goes to the country house is so good, and the relationship between Elizabeth and Catherine is so good you can tell that elizabeth really does care for her mm-hmm. and Catherine her so i like there were really really good pockets of just like heartfeltness in a like in an environment where everyone is so ruthless and i really enjoyed that um like shaky storyline was so touching oh my god i was like crying <laughs> <laughs> I know that was the that was the that was the episode where I, I texted you and I was like I'm fucking screaming at my television. Yeah, but then I love that Elizabeth took all her paintings and made a salon out of it, and like you see it throughout the show. Um, I love that Mariel shot her in the back of the head. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so the the biggest thing I need to talk to you about is the costumes because the costumes are absolutely incredible. We said this last season. This season is no different. Um, Muriel as a 
upper class woman, her outfits are fire. Like they were always so, so good. And the biggest piece, the biggest costume in my mind that was a piece of foreshadowing was the last look we see Catherine in. And it usually always is. She had that like bone dress, but it had the red um, detailing on it. Were they flowers? It was like a red floral applique on the top. and Oh, oh she, I know what you're talking about, yeah. She had yeah. It's red flowers in her hair, but it was that very, like, harsh juxtaposition of the, like, cream dress and then the red uh, detailing on it. And when you first see her in it, she looks so pretty. But then go over to meeting the Sultan, she stabs him and she gets blood on it. And then she just keeps blood on the dress throughout the show. And I think that that's so important. Um... You know, at the beginning of the episode, it's telling you, like, oh, something's about to go down because you have that, you have her beautiful porcelain skin, and then she just gets blood all over herself. So, I think that, that whole dress was, it's not a piece of foreshadow. well, kind of a piece of foreshadowing, but also, like, great symbolism. Yeah, definitely symbolism. That makes, yeah. Well, also, maybe it's foreshadowing in the sense that it's mostly white, but it has red on it already. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I know last time we talked about this, I said that I shipped Peter and Catherine, and boy, as a Peter and Catherine shipper, this season really had its payoff. <laughs> yeah, I I liked where this was going. I mean, I did like Leo, don't get me wrong, but I like I said, Peter's character arc, I think, was really one of my one of my main highs, and, and Elizabeth, too. Yeah. And I like that not everybody had a character arc. Like, like Catherine didn't have an arc at all. It kind of went the opposite direction, mainly. Yeah. And, like, Orlo didn't have any sort of arc. He had to continue playing the character that he does. And I felt like that was really cool because everybody can't be the star of the show. Everybody can't have that arc. So I like that certain people are having it in certain seasons. Yeah, yeah. Also, Bella Mentoff was hilarious. He was very funny this season. yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what scene it was, but he just walks in the room and he's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I just burst it out laughing to like, not just like, just like the tone of his voice. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he always got me. Also, Archie really, I thought Archie was hysterical this season. He's such a weirdly shaped man. And the way that he, when he dances and he moves his body, it's just like so odd. And it's, I kind of love it. um did you have any lows just that it was very long this season it definitely could have been cut down didn't need to be this long okay so what'd you eat while watching this well i just wanted to say my only low before we go into that and i'll definitely go into it um peter's two annoying friends who like constantly want to kill um catherine i like they, they were the ones who killed, what's his name, who came to chat with her, right? Yeah, the, not the sultan, the uh, whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From the Ottoman uh, Empire. They never got punished. It never became like, let's find the person who killed this person and punish them. I was kind of hoping that they would get bullets in the back of the head, too. Gotcha. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll come out and, or it just gets left. I, I hope it does come out because they do a really good job of like like I feel like justice was kind of like a like a low level theme with this season. Yeah. So. 
kind of hope it does. Absolutely. But anyway. So what'd you eat? I had, um, I had this peanut butter protein powder and I mixed cinnamon and nutmeg with it. And then I like add water to it and that's what like makes it the consistency of peanut butter again. Yeah. Uh, toasted Ezekiel bread with Ooh. banana slices. Ooh, very nice. That was how I ended it. But when I first started watching it, I think I downed like 20, 25 Oreos. <laughs> it's a long time since I've had an Oreo. Oh, Oreos are so good. And Oreos are the type of thing where like you can easily put down 20, 25. Oreos and uh, those Chips Ahoy, like the the crunchy Chewy. ones. Oh, I was going to say the chewy ones. No, the chewy ones, yes, but I think the crunchy ones are even better. Those go down like no, no problem. Kill a sleeve of those. Oh my. my dad had to stop buying those from Costco because he would just kill an entire sleeve. And so would I. They were so good. It's dangerous. Um, while I watched, well, if I ended, I ended this eating a bag of popcorn. Um, but the, you know, my favorite meal while watching this was eating a Vito's sub. There is a, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast. There is a deli in Hoboken called Vito's. And it's basically just an Italian sub, but it's got the fresh mutts and it's got like the olive oil, vinegar. Um, it's got these like uh, pickled peppers on there and it's got like a garlic spread. Oh, God, it's so good. It, I feel like Liz Levin on sandwich day. And if anyone <laughs> ever ate my sandwich, I would murder them. But Vito's subs, absolutely fantastic. If you're in the area, if you're ever in Hoboken, New Jersey, go to Vito's. I don't think I've ever been to Vito's. It's good. It's um, it's uptown. It's on Washington Street. Gonna refrain from singing Billy Joel. <laughs> so, uh, what what were you expecting this season? Honestly, I think I was expecting Leo to somehow be alive. Ah, okay. I don't know why. See, I um, thought he was dead. I kind of knew he was dead. But they, yeah, they, they really, like, kind of hurried into that. They kind of hurried into shutting that down, like, very quickly. Um, but it wasn't until, like, we saw his head in a bag. But then we didn't really see his head in the bag, right? Yeah. So I was like, maybe this is somebody else's head. Maybe, like, there's something else here. I wasn't really totally sure. There is a famous rule that if you don't see... Okay, now I'm talking about rules. Um, <laughs> if you don't see someone get killed on screen you can't know that they're dead like they could potentially still be alive mm-hmm. game of thrones loves to work with that one right so that's kind of what I, I was like weird how they were kind of like hiding it from us so i was like maybe there's something here because remember that that's how the last season ends it's just yeah. like her face going like <gasps> and then that's it yeah um I was not expecting it to take them four months to take over the castle. I thought that was an interesting way to start the season. Um, I was also not expecting her mother's storyline. Like, I thought it was very interesting, and it was nice to introduce a new character, but I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Yeah, me neither. Oh, and it's just, it, and that character had, like, I guess because she, they knew that they were going to kill her, so she had to have such a fast, like, yeah, kind yeah. of roller coaster ride of a character. <laughs> I, know, I know you're here. Um, no pun intended on the roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
But, uh, yeah, I didn't think... She just seemed like a woman that was, like, so refined, and then all of a sudden, she wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I think she needed to be a character that, like, Catherine spoke, like, spoke up a lot when she saw her, and then, or when she heard she was coming, and then once you get to meet her, you're like, wow, this woman sucks. But then, also, that's something that, like, she and, um... Peter can bond over because you can tell we never met his mother but you can tell that she was a horrible horrible person she's freaking drowning a kid in a her her sister's son in a lake and used to lock Peter up so they both have bad moms yeah confirmed they have that in common um did you have an eye wait uh did did you go over your expectation well, I just gave some things I wasn't expecting. I was kind of going into it with, you know, I was expecting Catherine to be great, but I kind of liked that she was a little bit better. So we we already talked about that. But did you have an IRL moment? Uh, pff, do you, do you, yes, of course I have an IRL moment. You want to guess what my IRL moment is? What is it? You can tell Christina <laughs> is dealing with Otis because all of a sudden she's a voice from the great unknown. <laughs> Pay no mind to the man behind the curtain. Um, I, too, would abdicate my throne if I was hungry. I was at a wedding this past weekend, and I didn't realize how hungry I was until I sat down at the wedding, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm starving. It was the first thing out of my mouth, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. Can we go to the reception already, please? Actually, no, I didn't say that, but I was just so hungry. And Christina knows, Dave knows. Dave knows more than anybody. Oh, my (laughs) God. That was the longest graduation ceremony, and we were in the tippy top. And it, again, it's like you don't realize you're hungry until you sit down and you're like, oh, I have nothing to Excuse do me. and nothing to Excuse focus me. on. Excuse me. What? You have a lot of nerve. I sat through four graduations at Rutgers. Four in a day. It was a marathon of a day. It was two. We went to three. There was one that you didn't go to. We went to the main one. We went to the college one and then you went to your major one and there was like another one for like a minor or something and you decided not to go to that one. Oh, I don't remember that how do you remember that because i am an elephant <laughs> and i forget nothing honestly if like you get the if there's ever technology to like read someone's mind and like print it out as like a work a textbook like i feel like most people would have maybe like a couple books worth like Christina would have like the full Oxford English Dictionary the full Encyclopedia Britannica printed out and this is what this person said yeah because I don't remember I don't remember anything short term but long term that's the issue how many graduations I had and how many I missed and how many I went to that one (laughs) that sticks in there I had to because you were like, oh, it was the longest graduation. Also, I think there was only like, I don't even know how many students, but like significantly less than the undergraduate one. Oh, yeah. Well, the main one on, you know, at the stadium is just freaking massive. No, no, no. I'm saying at Kane. Kane's undergraduate oh. one. That is like a four to six hour event. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because there's just so many people that have to walk across the stage. Like, I have to get there at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Take the bus. It's in, it's insane. I think just my fault is that if I'm hungry, I will let you know that I'm hungry. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't not say that I'm... No, I can't hold that inf- I can't withhold that information. It will come out of my mouth and, oh my god, I'm so hungry. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I think my um, IRL moment was, come along, we have much to do. <laughs> yes, that is, that is your IRL moment. Because when we hang up, how many things do you have to do? Oh, please. <laughs> I, have to do, I have to do at least four things before I go to work. Yeah. So that all being said, let's close this up, shall we? <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. October is our spooky season. We have Halloween-themed um, episodes for you coming up. I'll post the content calendar this week. If you hear that scratching, that's my dog outside ready to come in. But you can listen to us on all different platforms, and you can uh, message us. All right, Otis. You can – sorry, he's driving me crazy we're on instagram and twitter at hey it's two girls i'm on instagram and twitter at class 16 danielle's on instagram at danielle kobianki send us an email two girls watch tv at gmail.com two is spelled out t-w-o blog beer coffee donuts youtube two girls drink beer all right everyone enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll see you next week in october oh danielle's so excited i'm already so excited i'm so excited all right everyone bye-bye <laughs> What's up?